You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Free agency is now less than 24 hours away, and Miami is potentially setting up to make big moves with reports regarding the contracts of Goran Dragic and Andre Iguodala. What happens next? What does it all mean? I'll talk about all that and more. Just a reminder, however, I haven't recorded anything since the day of the NBA draft last Thursday as I was waiting to see if Miami would make a trade to acquire draft pick. They didn't. That's been the case historically. But they did wind up signing about seven undrafted free agents, all of whom will be on the team's summer league roster the first move for that summer league team, coached by Malik Allen, of course, they'll be going to the California Classic, basically a very abridged version of a summer league. It'll be a few handful, a handful of teams there, including Golden State and the Lakers. I think the Kings will be playing, of course, and Miami. They'll all be playing each other. I think Miami has two back-to-back games beginning August 3rd. That'll be Tuesday, August 3rd, and then again on Wednesday, August 4th. They'll be playing the Warriors and the Lakers. Of those seven players that they did add, look, I'm not going to try and tell you that I have any idea what those players were like. I think you can get a hint by watching some highlight videos. You can see some kind of sketchy, half-done scouting reports. It's, uh, you know, you can go and do some film breakdown and see what that might be. But listen, I... You know, what, what Marcus Garrett was able to do against Middle Iowa State University or whatever, don't know if you can take any of that production and take anything out of it. What I'll say is that the general takeaway is that most of these players seem to be defensive-minded guards, that they're kind of tired of the way the things have been in Miami's backcourt over the last couple seasons between Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, and others. There just hasn't been a lot of defensive-minded approach. Now, all of these players can shoot three. They have various varying levels of offensive proficiency. A lot of what I've seen from them is I, I think they've been pigeonholed or at least projected to be defensive players at the NBA level. Garrett is one of those. Uh, I think Drew Smith is another one. DJ Stewart. All these players can contribute on the defensive end to some degree. Now, uh, Precious Achua and Casey Opala will also be on the roster. Omer Yurt 7 was supposed to be on the, off, on the Summer League roster, and he will be, despite the fact that his contract was declined there was a team option for the upcoming season that was also declined according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald so that doesn't necessarily mean anything Yurt 7 according to Barry was okay with the move he is an unrestricted free agent he can sign with any team following summer league I think the fact that Miami gave him an opportunity probably gives them the edge as far as whether or not they'll be able to re-sign him if he shows out and plays well he can Pick his, you know, among any a handful of teams that offer him a contract. If he, you know, flounders a little bit, maybe he could still choose to sign it with Miami. Maybe he could go elsewhere. It'll be Miami's option. He's an unrestricted free agent. He didn't have a lot of options to begin with. Now, at least he has several potentially 
and he has to bet on himself. That's the goal. He can shoot the ball from the three-point range. He can space the floor. He's a big man. You know, all the kinds of things that we've seen from him and his limited playing time at college, I think, is is what we're looking forward to seeing whether or not he can apply those at a summer league level. Not that summer league is any kind of accurate barometer for what kind of player you can be at the NBA level, but at least it'll give him a, an, you know, an upper hand in trying to figure out what team he can play for next year. It could be Miami. None of that really matters, right? You're kind of listening to this and going, dude, the draft was like two years ago. It wasn't. <laughs> but at the same time, there are bigger things, bigger concerns, I think, for Miami and for Miami Heat fans. And that starts off with a contract of Andre Iguodala. Now, nothing official has been stated by the team, nor does it have to be. When they decline a team option, which is basically, again, the second year of Andre Iguodala's contract that he signed an extension for when he was first acquired from the Memphis Grizzlies a couple years ago. That was basically a two-year deal with a team option on that second year, and they chose not to exercise that team option. At least that's according to a report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Again, nothing official from the team yet. We don't know if it's official I figure between everybody else confirming and reporting on this and Wojnarowski actually saying something about it, seems pretty likely that it's done. It's kind of insulting for a team to go, yeah, we, we just didn't really want you. So we're going to go ahead and put out a press release saying bye-bye, which is the equivalent of what has happened, is that they were on the hook for $15 million potentially, and they chose not to pay him because he's quite frankly, wouldn't be a good value at his current contract, at that current contract, at his current age and skill level. And so they made him a, a free agent. That's what it basically means. On the surface, that's what you can take from this. Andre will become an unrestricted free agent. Top-tier candidates, uh, contenders, will likely consider adding him, whether it's the Lakers, the Bucks, the Suns, I've seen as a potential reunion between him and former Heat forward Jay Crowder. Uh, he played in Arizona, so that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Uh, he's from, I think, the Illinois area, so I'm not sure exactly if he would want to go to a hometown reunion with Chicago or anything like that. Uh, he could also join the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they could probably use an infusion of that kind of age and structure and understanding of what he brings to the table. He's still good friends with Steph, Clay, Andre, I, I'm sorry, Draymond, so I think that would be a nice fit. It'd probably be a, a good close to a good storybook for him he could also choose retirement he could he has made a lot more money off the court than he ever has on the court so I think he could continue to just make that money play golf and spend time with his family I'm sure he'd be happy with that if he wants to continue playing he could also rejoin Miami he can resign on a much more cap friendly deal I don't know if it's the vet minimum I don't know what it would be they've had talks everybody knows this the big news, however, is that Miami chose to exercise the team option on their contract for Goran Dragic, which absolutely makes things much more interesting. Why? Because at age 35 and making $19.4 million, that's a hefty price tag even for a player like Goran Dragic, which means that Goran is likely out the door. I'm not sure exactly how that will play out or where. We've got rumors. We've got people indicating this and that's a likelihood of that. Nothing official from the team, nor will there be until 6 p.m. on Monday afternoon. That's when free agency is officially set to begin. And it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be everything that Heat fans love. A flurry of notifications. Set your Twitter to make sure that you're getting the latest updates from me, 
I guess. And also from Adrian Wojnarowski's Shams Jarania, uh, Mark Stein, and a few others. They'll probably be as plugged in as anybody regarding what's going on with Miami. Not everybody knows everything. Not anyone knows anything or something to that effect. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But what I do know is that the great taste of Bill Bar is something you should all be familiar with. It's got so many delicious flavors. You can build a box of all of your favorites, whether it's coconut or mint brownie or orange or cookies and cream. So many classic flavors. You can get a mixed box and try them all. Give them out to friends and family. And make sure that you're telling them that, you know, this isn't just a candy bar, even though they're 100% covered in chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They're also great. They have the nutrients that you're looking for and the great taste that you'd want out of any indulgent snack. If you order today, you can try the new raspberry or the double chocolate or the salted caramel, one of my favorites. The Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. But right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. So use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off, but only at BuiltBar.com. What happens next? That's the big thing, right? I think a lot of people questioning why pick up Andre Iguodala. No, I'm sorry, why pick up Goran Dragic's contract option and not Andre Iguodala's? What do you do with a 35-year-old point guard making almost 20 million dollars a year? Is this mean Kyle Lowry's on his way to Miami? Possibly. Nobody knows for certain. Right now, what they have is potentially an asset. And the reason why it's an asset is because Goran Dragic at 35 is still a pretty good player. Is also making $20 million, a pretty hefty price tag. So there are options. Miami could just wind up keeping Goran Dragic. We're all theorizing here as to whether or not he's going to be used as a trade ship. That seems like the likely scenario. I don't want to burst any bubbles or anything like that. But he, they could also just wind up keeping him. Kyle Lowry could sign in Dallas because they could offer him a shit ton more money. Uh, TJ McConnell might sign elsewhere. Lonzo Ball looks like he's going to Chicago and on and on. Miami gets stuck with no point guard option. They say, shit, we better cover our ass and bring the one player that we know can thrive in this situation, and that's Goron. So they exercise the option. They keep him on the books for $20 million. They can trade him in February for a potentially better player down the road. That is a possibility, however unlikely that might be. I know other people are reporting that Lowry's basically a done deal. That seems much more possible, much more likely, and certainly the path that Miami is inclined to go through. Now, as far as Iguodala and why they didn't exercise that option, it's because, well, Iggy is older. He is not a, as good a player as Goran is. He's versatile, a great locker room presence, a good defensive player on occasion, on and on. But he is a lower-value contract. At $15 million, he's not worth it. He's not giving you that kind of production. So you cannot even use him in a potential sign-and-trade deal because, well, nobody really wants to take on that $15 million to pay Andre Iguodala to potentially buy him out. Now, that is also a possibility with Goran Dragic. We've heard that if Toronto or any team that winds up taking on that $20 million, 19.4 to be exact, they could potentially buy him out. Now, if he does become a free agent, what happens then? Well, he can choose to sign with 28 other teams. He can't go back to Toronto or whatever team does wind up cutting him or buying him out. He can't go back to Miami. He has to wait a full calendar year. So he cannot return to the Heat right away. It would have been great to trade him to Toronto and then get him back the following day. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. So what happens to the Goron? Well, honestly, that's up to 28 other teams. 
You know, he could choose to sign with a contender. He could choose to retire, similar to what we just said with Andre Iguodala. He could potentially go to play his, his countryman, you know, Luka Doncic in Dallas. And I think that would be a nice fit for him. He can play for... What's his name over there? The Jason Kidd guy. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to, but sure, why not? So that's a whole other conversation. As far as Andre Guadalla, again, it's very unlikely that any team wants to be able to pay Iguodala $15 million. It just didn't seem like a good idea. So as far as Miami's options with that $20 million that they're owing, or they are on currently on the books to owe Goran Dragic. And the reason why all these things happen, I think I should have mentioned this before, and you probably should have been aware of this by now, there was a 5 p.m. deadline to make these things official. This was the ultimate deadline for them. They had to be able to announce, or they had to be able to make it official that they were either exercising these options, and if so, they became public knowledge. They've mentioned to reporters, they've mentioned to you know guys like Woj and Shams that those options were picked up or not. In that case, then, you know, they can move forward leading into free agency on Monday afternoon. So what happens now? They've got $20 million on the books. Could they keep Goron? As I mentioned, yes. Are they likely to do so? Probably not. They can, however, trade him to, let's say, Toronto, which seems a likely scenario, and that salary will be part of whatever Kyle Lowry winds up getting from Miami. Miami will operate as an over-the-cap team. They'll have, they won't have any cap space to sign any free agents, but they can use their bird rights to re-sign Duncan Robinson, and they also have a mid-level exception worth just shy of ten million dollars that they can use to sign a free agent as well. Now, the twenty million dollars could potentially go to Lowry in a sign and trade. We have no idea what that amount would be like. We've heard reports of thirty million dollars. That seems unlikely. I just don't think that, you know, again, you put a number out there, as I was talking about in my last podcast with Keith Smith, you know, your agent does a lot of that work for it. He puts that number out there. You can hear reports. You know, we're, we're looking for three for, thir- for 90. Well, that's great, but that might not necessarily be the amount that you actually get. You know, a lot of players, a lot of rumbling going on around what players want, how much, and, and this and that, none of which becomes official. I could hear that that Kyle Lowry wants ninety million dollars. He could actually get three for seventy-five. And I've already heard some other grumbling about, oh well, if he takes less and he clearly doesn't prioritize winning, we don't know what he prioritizes. Nobody knows that except for Kyle. Like I said before, and I will continue to say, I think he had a strong personal commitment to join Jimmy Butler in Miami. I think he likes the organization. I think he wants to be able to be here. I know he's from Philadelphia, but maybe they couldn't get anything done in Philadelphia. I know there was talk about a potential trade for Ben Simmons, whatever. That doesn't really matter. Go listen to Locked on Sixers if you want more info on that. I think Miami and Lowry are a great fit, and I think he brings a lot of what this team is looking for. That it costs Goran Dragic, that's an episode for another time. I I think we have to just wait and see what the deal is. Because now you've got this $20 million that you're owing Goran Dragic. How do you use it? Are you just going to be paying a 35-year-old point guard? That's where I get stuck because I just don't see that as likely. I know some people said, oh, it was a done deal that we were going to pick up these options, that the Heat was going to be able to retain Iguodala and Goran and then have $35 million of salary cap space to acquire Dame Lillard or some other player. (laughs) Sure. But, (laughs) I mean, in theory. But none of these things are reality. The fact that they picked up the option for Goran takes me by huge surprise. 
I would never have guessed that because, again, the f- connection between Goron and this Heat front office runs so deep. But I am totally flabbergasted. I am very, very shocked. I am not surprised they didn't pick up the option for Iguodala. I just I thought they would be a, a, an under the cap team. I thought they would continue to use the cap space that they did have, approximately twenty point something million dollars, to sign Lowry, or that they would make some other moves. But apparently that wasn't realistic. Lowry sticking to his guns. If this is how it's playing out, he wants X amount of dollars. Miami had to come close to make it happen. So how did they do that? They trade Goran, probably a future pick of some kind, maybe. Maybe even another player like Precious Achua. It seems also very, very likely. If that's the case, then Achua obviously not going to be playing with Miami's summer league team, and he'll wind up playing with Toronto's summer league team in Las Vegas. But we'll see how that plays out. I, I think he's he's currently in uh, Sacramento right now with Coach Malik Allen as part of the Heat summer league team. So, oh, wait, what am I talking about? He's in the Olympics. He would have to join those summer league teams anyway afterwards. But... Or was Nigeria eliminated? God, I really should know this. Total lack of preparation on my part. Sorry, haven't really been keeping track of the Nigerian national team and what happens next with them. I don't know if they're still in group play or not. They may have already been eliminated if that was the case. Then maybe is in Sacramento. Doesn't matter. It seems very possible, if not very likely, that Precious will probably be on a Raptors roster sometime soon. And... I think that's where we are right now. That's just the reality right now is that there's a lot of discussion about what happens next. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. But first of all, just a reminder that if you want to make a wager, then the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action is bet online. Baseball season in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, UFC, MLB, and so much more. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news on their website or on your mobile device. This is your chance. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get into the games as teams prep for the runs of the pe- uh, playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get podcasts. Is this the right move? So many of you wondering whether or not this is the path that Miami should go through. And I... I can't help but feel that it is. Like, if you've listened to this podcast at any point in time, you know that I am a huge fan of Goran Dragic just because of his presence in the locker room, because of the way he plays, because of his just overall approach to life, to the team, to the work that's been asked of him and required of him, and the the difficulties that he's gone through during his limited time here in Miami. I, I think we've all forgotten... The challenges that he's had to face since 2015 when he was acquired by Miami and you look at the draft picks and what it all amounted to. And of course, with a draft having just been completed and the picks that were acquired now finally, you know, finally ending that deal, it was still a great value. Miami got everything they could have wanted of that deal. You trade first round picks because they're worthless. They are absolutely 
very worthless, and I'll maintain that forever. I, I'm sorry. So many people excited about the damn draft, and I just find it harder and harder with every year to evaluate a 19-year-old player playing against other 19-year-olds and saying, oh, yeah, that guy's going to be a superstar, or no, that guy doesn't have long enough arms, or I don't know, doesn't have the quote-unquote right mentality, or some whatever critiques people want to use. I, I know draft Twitter. I know draft writers, Stan Vecini. You know, so many guys like this, and, and look, I, I like them very much. I love the fact that they put their asses on the line to evaluate these players, and they, they spend so much time. There's already 2022 mock drafts. That's that's dedication. I couldn't do that. I can't even watch most of their highlights because it's just, well, it's not particularly good basketball, but you try to take something from them and go, oh, you know what? They've got potential. And then every year we all find out, what fucking idiots we are and that you know the guy picked in the top five may not be that good and somehow the 48th pick in the draft winds up being a superstar every year and it's going to continue to happen this is all a crapshoot nobody knows anything about the draft that's just that's going to be my takeaway from all of that it's uh, as much as we love breaking it down and look i'll admit if miami had a lottery pick i would probably change my attitude and been like oh no this is the guy this is the one that we need to get because because you want to you wanted the mystery box. Everybody loves a mystery box, and that's what we're getting here out of free agency to tie it all back. Is a huge mystery box. With with Kyle Lowry, the concern is the age. I know people in Dallas. I know people in New Orleans, and they're already saying, "Whew, we lucked out if Lowry does in fact go to Miami," because they had concerns. Even though they were all clamoring for Lowry just five hours ago, when more and more reports from Woj and Stein and others seemed to indicate that Lowry to Miami was a pretty done deal. At that point in time, everyone was like, discounting Miami had any chances. So reminiscent of 2019 when Jimmy Butler was a lock to go to the Clippers, a lock to go to Houston, his hometown team. And then what happens? Oh, how does he go to Miami? Who would want to go there? All he's going to do is retire in South Beach along with all the other octogenarians, which is another point of contention. Can I just mention, do people think that Floridians are old? Because go over to the beach or any hot spot around Miami-Dade County or even Broward County, you don't find old people there. And if they are, they probably got farmer's tans from Iowa or anywhere else. That's just not the case here. There's, I mean, I, I am never one to say, oh, Miami is the best city in the world. But I, the idea that there are old people in, in Miami or in Florida in general, I mean, yes, you go and retire after spending 70 years in Ohio or New Jersey or anywhere else. You pack up the camper van, you head over to, I don't know, Winter Park or some other place up north. That ain't Miami. Miami is not that way at all. Anyway, as far as Lowry's concerned, yes, I think it is the right move. I, I keep talking about this in recent podcasts, and it's just about what happened, trying to connect and, and, and get lightning in a bottle again. What happened in 2019-20 during the bubble. You want the right guys, guys that want to play here. For Jimmy to have a friend of Lowry and Lowry on the roster is going to be huge, because that's a guy that they has a, is a close personal collection connection to, that they can talk shit and bark at each other and go back and forth and just push each other and say, you know what, you want this ring, get it, go work for it, get it done. And Lowry knows, and he's gonna hold that over Jimmy so hard. He's going to hold that over Jimmy all the time and say, look at this ring. I got this shit. You ain't got nothing. And that's going to turn Jimmy, and he's, he's going to get so pissed off. He's going to put up monster numbers next year. 
if, in fact, the Lowry deal gets done. That's an off-the-court thing. On the court, Lowry's a guy who can attack the rim, who can shoot from three, who can attack the mid-range area that Milwaukee was, you know, that soft area that Miami was uh, given so often against the Bucks. Well, guess what? Lowry can hit those shots. He can also get to the rim. He can also draw fouls. And he's also the best defensive guard that Miami has had since, well, Jimmy Butler. And before that, I don't know, Josh Richardson, probably. Uh, and he's better than Josh Richardson. And he gets to the line and he draws fouls and he takes charges. You are going to love Kyle Lowry in Miami. There's no way around that. In year three, will you love him as much? Probably not. But for year one, you're going to love it. Is that enough to get you past Milwaukee or Brooklyn? No, but you weren't getting past Milwaukee or Brooklyn without an addition of another superstar, and they just don't grow on trees. You cannot acquire a LeBron James or a Dame Lillard or a Bradley Beal. Bradley wants to stay in Washington. They made that big move to trade away Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Good luck in Los Angeles. I Just from a media perspective, I love seeing a car crash take place, and I think Westbrook is a... Divisive player, I, I'm glad he's not on Miami's roster, and I'm glad he's in L.A.'s roster. So we'll see how that plays out. As far as Beal is concerned, maybe they're making these moves and try to appease him, and maybe he'll ask for a trade, and maybe they'll get it, and maybe the Miami will reconnect with the Wizards down the line. But why would you trade your superstar to a divisional rival for whatever Miami has on their roster in, in terms of assets? They don't have five first-round picks. They don't have pick swaps till 2030. They don't have another young, up-and-coming player. Tyler Hero is a great player. I like Tyler very much. I hope that he stays on Miami's roster. But I just don't see 29 other teams going, oh, yeah, you can have our star in exchange for Tyler Hero. And without the draft collateral, the same draft collateral Miami was missing in a trade for James Harden, that's just not going to happen. You're not going to get those superstars without those kind of, you know, assets, those kind of pieces that help fill the edges for a team that's looking to rebuild. And that's what Washington's looking to do. They got rid of Westbrook, and now it's like, well, we're going to rebuild around Bradley and see if it works out. Maybe they can get it done. And look, I, I like the move for Washington. I like the move for Westbrook, too. They needed something, and it worked out for them. They got to the playoffs. You know, they, they, they were participants, something they haven't been in a long time. And as far as Miami and Lowry are concerned, on the court, you're going to have a great defensive presence. You're going to have a vocal leader. He's going to get the most out of these players. He's not shy about barking. He gets the most out of young players. I think it's a great fit. I just I can't help but see that. And again, nobody is more personally attached to the idea of losing Goran than I am, with the exception of Goran and his wife and family, of course. But other than that, I, I'm not happy about that decision. I wish for nothing for the best, but the best for him. As far as if whether or not a trade does get done or not, and we all expect it to do so within the next 24 hours. But as far as Lowry's concerned, it's a great move. Other things that we're hearing is that a possible deal for DeMar DeRozan will take place too. Again, another great move because DeMar will take less money to come in Miami. Why? Because he gets to play with a guy in Jimmy Butler that they won Olympic gold with a few years ago, a former teammate of his in Toronto, and Kyle Lowry, a very close friend, Another guy who wants to be here. Look at that. You get guys who want to be here, and you'll make it happen. And you can figure it out. And I know the concerns are about, well, you get DeRozan now, you get Jimmy Butler, you get Bam Adebayo. That's three out of five starters, assuming you can potentially re-sign Duncan Robinson. Three out of five starters that can't shoot to three. Well, so what? 
You figure it out. This three-point revolution, as much as it makes sense, and I'm not archaic or old or anything like that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be Charles Barkley going, "Oh, you analytics people." I'm not gonna do that. I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I understand why the numbers work, but you also just sometimes you just need a, a guy to go out there and get shit done for you. And I think DeRozan can do that. He was carrying that San Antonio team that wasn't particularly good. Is he a great defender? No, but he'll play better here in Miami than he has anywhere else defensively. I, I'm sure of that. I think he can also score in the mid-range area that you absolutely need to score in. I think you need to be able to get him maybe to be a little bit more comfortable taking those threes. We'll see how that plays out. And, well, who knows? Maybe he won't even start. Maybe he'll come off the bench. That's always a possibility. Look, if you can get it done, again, you're building a roster of people who want to be here. And what does that leave you as far as what else you can sign? Veteran minimum contracts. Can you still get a guy like Rudy Gay? Probably not. I, I think Rudy still has value. I think he's happy in San Antonio. I just don't see him leaving. Patty Mills, obviously not. TJ McConnell, obviously not. Just not a lot of other options out there. You figure it out. Miami, Miami just has always done this. Like, even when the most likely scenario this year, this offseason, again, an offseason that's been, what, two weeks now? The the most likely scenario was always running it back, and you still had to fit, have faith in this front office in figuring it out. And I think if there's another takeaway from all this as far as what's going on with Miami, it's that they're done playing around. They are committed to doing something to win now. And I know that's been the party line forever. I know that they were committed last year, too. They expected something different to happen last offseason. They were expecting something different to happen during the course of the regular season. They were hoping for more out of the players that they brought, did bring in to the roster last year. But now, that's it. You're all in. And you're all in because you're committed to somebody. The fact that they were willing to trade away or potentially trade away a guy like Goran, because, again, nothing is official as of this recording, that you're willing to trade away Goran Dragic speaks volumes. That guy was, he, he has been hurt, he has bled, he has lost teeth, he has done everything possible for this franchise. And I know that Eric Spolster loves him. And yet they want to get a ring for Jimmy Butler. And that means bringing in Jimmy's guys, guys that will play at a high level, guys that will compete. You figure it out. You build out the rest of the roster. You go get yourself a J.J. Redick who shot 40% from three last year, even if he's older. Who cares? If he wants to play another year and he's willing to take a short-term deal, a veteran deal, just to play one year with Jimmy and get a ring, get it done. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Who knows what this roster will be like in a few days? But for now, it looks like Miami is poised to make big moves. And part of that means trading away players that fans and the front office and the coaching staff is loves and making those hard decisions in order to make this team better. Disagree? Agree? Let me know. I'm curious to hear what you all think because right now we're kind of all on pins and needles. Nothing's going to happen for a day. We'll hear much more around 6 o'clock tomorrow. I don't know how soon the news will be breaking about a potential trade or a potential addition or signing or anything like that. It's going to be fun. I, I just... It's a good week to get all these notifications and to see what happens. And, and again, to have that mystery box for at least... Three months out of every year, every team's a contender. Every team is going to get it done. I, I went to so many Orlando Magic Media Days where those players, God bless them, they they really they really tried. They really went out there and said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna do it this year. We're gonna make the playoffs." And well, that didn't quite work out. Every year did it. Miami is ruthless. 
but they need they need to be so. They need to make changes. They needed to do something different. If that means trading away Goran Dragic or Precious Achua or even Tyler Hero, that's what you get done. Bam and Jimmy are the core of this team, and you make them happy, and you bring in guys that can build and make them better, that help them develop and take their games to another level. I mean, it just it's going to be a good team. I, I really do think so. I really do believe that if these changes are able to take place, and we all expect that they are, then Miami is going to be an improved team. Of that, I'm fairly confident. And if not, well, who knows? I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Just a reminder, they can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And special thanks, most of all, to you. I'm David Ramil signing off for now.